coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today in studio to make our Week 12. I've been saying Week 13 all week, but I went back and looked. It's actually Week 12. I'm an idiot. Our Week 12 Picks of the Week is my coach, Charlie. Charlie, how's life treating you in December? God, December. Here we are. 65 in December. I like it. It was 65 today, wasn't it? Yep. That's pretty nice, but then like in a week it'll be 27. But, mm-hmm. hey, it's Georgia. Living in Georgia, baby. Uh, did you see the big SEC announcement today? They teased it earlier in the day. They saw SEC has a big announcement at 6 o'clock, and now it's past 6 o'clock. Have you seen it? No, I have not. What have you been doing all day? Working. Don't you host, not on this. co-host Sorry. a Georgia podcast? You're supposed to know these things. Fill me in. You know these yeah, things. Yeah, well, we knew this was coming. Uh, so uh, it was the announcement of the official announcement of the new SEC TV contract. If you guys didn't see this, I'm sure most saw it. I'm sure most of you are actually paying attention to things, unlike my co-host here, who actually co-hosts the podcast. But anyway, just kidding, Charlie. We love you. Um, the SEC is entering into a new 10-year television deal with SEC, ABC, Disney, whatever you want to call it, for basically all of our football games. No more CBS. I think starting right now, right now, the contract with CBS runs through 2023. Of course, ESPN, ABC could buy that out and start earlier. But right now, starting the 2024 season, all of our games can be on ESPN or ABC. Some of the big-time games that have always been 3.30 like they are on CBS can be night games, more primetime games. How do you feel about that? You good with that? I don't like night games. I know I, I know you don't. And I, I don't like night games when they're not against good teams. I know people love night games. I like night games when it's against a good team at home because the environment's awesome and it gives us a home field advantage. I don't like playing like Middle Tennessee State at 7.30. That does I, nothing for me. I just don't like night games. You don't because you go to bed at 6 o'clock. I don't mind night games when I'm on the road because... Yeah, you're 34 going on 67. Yeah, so? Yeah, I mean, that is... No, there's nothing wrong. That's just what it is. I said it matter-of-factly. I just like to go to bed early. That's putting it extraordinarily lightly. Well, you know. Like, I, like, I, I like... I got in trouble texting you at like 8.15 on a Saturday night about a, about a game and then I don't hear anything back. I'm like, maybe she's dead. Maybe she's having a good time. And I get a text the next morning at like 5.30 with, from you saying like, oh, you like it when somebody wakes you up? I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I've got in trouble for that. So don't, don't, Not no. 8.15. Literally. No. Actually, I, I have the receipts right here. No. Yes, no I do. I do. I absolutely do. But uh, I mean, are you going to miss CBS? The the theme song? Dun, 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 dun. Right, I didn't try to do that justice. My husband doesn't watch anything with commercials. So I don't either. I don't ever hear that. Well, see, this is this is one of my... Okay, I, ESPN has been really good for college sports. Here's what I hate about ESPN. The bottom line. I hate it. Because I also don't watch games live. I know that's blasphemous to a lot of people. I do not watch football or college basketball games live. I watch them on DVR. I usually start... I start watching college football about 1 o'clock on Saturday. That way, I can watch more games. That's my rationale. If I watch everything live, I'm really only watching maybe bits and pieces of a lot of games or like three full games, the, the noon slate game, the 3.30 game, and the night game. That's all I can watch. If I watch them on DVR, I can fast forward through commercials. And I guys, I watch like 10 to 12 games each Saturday, like full games. And I know it bleeds into Sunday too, but that's what I do. But ESPN makes it really hard with their bottom line. 
because I got all the scores flashing up. So what I have done, my wife is brilliant. She has, con- she's constructed me this little. Oh, I've seen it. Device. She it, sent me a picture. Well, basically, uh, it's, I've, she's taken construction paper, I think it is, and did a couple layers of it and made this like long sheet of construction paper that we taped to our, the bottom of our TV so it blocks out the bottom line. Black construction paper, so I can't see it because it drives me insane. It messes up my whole strategy. So that's one thing I don't like, but it's all right. We've got that fixed. But I don't know, like CBS. Like, what about like? Are you gonna miss the CBS broadcast? Like Gary Danielson. Like I, I'm not a Gary Danielson fan. No, no. I'm, like he doesn't do anything for me. It depends on who we get on, on ESPN. There's ESPN has some big time guys. I like Nessie. I do love Nessie. I hope Nessie gets back in the ESPN fold. Brad Nestler. But uh, I'm, I'm cool with this. And here's why I'm cool with it. What it's going to do is it's going to allow more scheduling flexibility, right? More scheduling flexibility, and also. With ESPN having control of all of our games, we don't have to go through this selection process, right? The reason we have to wait two weeks out before we find the time of each game is because there's a selection process between CBS, ESPN, SEC Network, the whole nine yards. If ESPN, ABC has control of all of our games, they can set the schedule for the SEC for most of our games in the summer. Like in the summer, we usually get the first three weeks. Well, we can get like half the schedule or maybe more early early like in the, in the summer or much earlier than two weeks before the game. And that helps with planning purposes. And guys, I'm not going to lie, like... That little brief look we get, like in the early summer, the first three games, what time they're going to be played. Like, I'm like a, I'm like a school kid in a in a candy store, man. It's like a little kid on on Christmas morning opening your presents. That's a, that's awesome for me. It's one of the highlights of my summer. So like finding out more game times early, the flexibility there. I like that. I think it's going to be good for the SEC in the long run. I didn't see the financial details yet. I haven't had a chance to look too much into it. It's just a little after six, but uh, yeah. Big news for the SEC. No more CBS. And and it might be as early as next year if ESPN buys them out. We'll see what happens there. But interesting news when it comes to the SEC. But all right, we got to move on because we got some picks to make. And last week was kind of a an eh week, I guess is what I would say, all around. Charlie, you and our guest host, Sam, Sam did a great job. Uh, you both went four and three straight up while I only went three and four. Took, I, I went with two upset specials with, with Auburn and West Virginia. I missed badly on both. I think everyone, well, you and I both missed on Auburn. I think Sam got A&M. Um, but I missed badly on both those upset specials. But that's the risk you take when you pick an upset special each week. So I just got to live with that. And then we all went three and four against the spread across the board. So not like a terrible week, but not a great week either. Kind of an eh week. Uh, the Vandy games getting canceled certainly impacted those records because that was, I mean, let's be real, that was going to be an automatic win. And that was taken off the board. But them the breaks when you're living in COVID era. So, Charlie, uh, you gained another game on me in the straight-up standings, which that sucks. But you now sit pretty at 60-26. and 26. Congratulations. Straight up. I'm four games back at 56-30 and 30 straight up. But I was able to maintain my, my six-game lead against the spread at 50-36. and 36 with Charlie, you're coming in at 44-42. and 42. So, still over 500 on the year. Still over 500. I know you hate picking the spread. I know you hate that. So Love it. I know you do. And I don't understand why it's so frustrating for you, but you're still over 500. Got to give you some props there. But this competition is far from over. We've got this week. we got championship week next week. And then we got the bowl season too. God willing. God willing. There'll be a bowl season. We've got all that left. So still plenty of time for moves to be made. But we aren't doing it alone today as we have another loyal listener joining us today as a guest host. So we are very excited to welcome in Mr. Doug Pritchard. Doug, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Yeah, we're really excited, man. It's going to be a fun show. It might not be the best slate of games of all time, but it's college football, and we're going to have some fun talking about it. So, Charlie, what you got for us? All right. 
Well, let me start by saying that we're recording this at 6.30 on Thursday. And as of right now, all the games we're going to pick are still set to be played. As of right now. Last week, we found out on Friday that Georgia wasn't going to play. Yeah, fun times. Hopefully, that doesn't happen for anyone this week. But we never know. So, anyways, we're going to start with a noon game on Saturday, which has Alabama traveling to Arkansas to take on the Hogs. Bama is currently ranked number one in the college football playoff ranking, as they should be. The Tide is favored by 32 in this matchup, and I think they'll win, but Arkansas will cover. I know, I'm probably crazy. Bama's capable of covering, but I think they might be looking ahead to Florida next week um, and may not go all out like they could to cover the 32. So Alabama to win, Arkansas to cover. What's your pick, Doug? Yeah, well, this uh... – this tied offense has just been, I mean, unstoppable. I mean, I know there's been a lot of comparisons to, you know, LSU's offense last year, and rightfully so. And there's been a lot, obviously, a lot of hype around, you know, Mac Jones for Heisman. But for my money, I think Devontae Smith, uh, he might be the best player in the country. I mean, this kid is just making play after play for these guys. Um, he's just been phenomenal. Um, Arkansas, I mean, what can you say? What a great story. I mean, I love me some pa- Sam Pittman. Charlie, I know you love Sam Pittman too. Um, I know they're right; they're three and six right now, but um, I mean, they very easily could be five and four, maybe even six and three if you look at the Auburn, LSU, Missouri games. Um, you know, Alabama's just playing for way too much right now. I think they're going to win this thing easily. Uh, I was really on the fence with this one; uh, kind of been going back and forth all afternoon as to whether they'll cover. I do think that Alabama's going to cover it, though. I'll, I'll take them in the. 32. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? Yeah, uh, great breakdown there, Doug. I, I think I think Bama wins. And you mentioned Devontae Smith. Like, it, isn't it kind of crazy that no one talks about this guy as a Heisman Trophy candidate? It's yeah, it, yeah. it's crazy, right? Like, I think Bama has legitimately three Heisman Trophy candidates. I think you could say Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris. But it, it's basically become a, a quarterback award. So those guys are just not going to win. So that sucks. But he he's he is legitimately like he could have he could have gone for 300. I thought he was going to go for 300 against LSU last week, but they kind of cooled the Jets a little bit in the second half. So Bama's going to win this game. We know that. I think the only question is, obviously, are they going to cover the 32? Um, and my concern with picking them to cover the 32 revolves around how long they keep their starters. Because, Charlie, I don't think it's crazy to say that, that Arkansas covers this game. I think if this game was played like week five, Alabama would cover the 32. I would pick them, and I wouldn't even really think twice about it. But in this situation where it's the week before the SEC championship game, they've already clinched. They just need to win this game. And they don't, I mean, and do it mildly impressively. Like they don't have to like go there and dominate, especially if they're not playing all their starters. I mean, the committee will take that into consideration. So I just, I don't know like how deep in the second half they're going to have their starters playing. And, and if Bryce Young, the, the highly talented freshman quarterback, sees a lot of playing time in the second half, like I don't know if they're going to cover that 32. Is Arkansas, you guys, you're right, Doug. Like, they usually could be about five and four. I mean, that Missouri game, they, I thought they had it, right? I mean, they can't, Missouri can't comes back with a miraculous finish. They beat Auburn, let's be real. They beat Auburn, and they could have beaten LSU. Yeah. I mean, this this team is – they're a respectable program. This year. Sam Pittman has gotten them at least to respectability. And if you're playing, like, the Arkansas starters versus Bama's backups, like, maybe it's evenly matched. I don't know. But, like, I think Arkansas can score some points on them. And Bryce Young hasn't seen a lot of playing time this year. But when he has gotten, he hasn't exactly lit it up this year. I've, I've seen him play a couple times. I saw him play a, a couple series against LSU last weekend. And, I, I mean, he's going to be good. He's talented, but he's not ready. I making some really poor decisions. I mean, through, should have been an easy pick six. Not pick six, I'm sorry, a pick in the end zone. Got away with it. 
So I don't know. I think I don't think they're going to play their starters very long in this game. I think Arkansas will will keep fighting, and I think they will pull it out with a, maybe a, a late backdoor cover to cover that three. So it's going to be Bama to win easy, but Arkansas to cover. All right. Next up, the West Virginia Mountaineers are playing host to Oklahoma this weekend, and Oklahoma is favored by 14. Unfortunately, the West Virginia fans won't have any reasons to burn any couches on Saturday, at least not related to football, because the Sooners are going to leave with the win. I think Oklahoma will win, but I think West Virginia can cover. Doug, what's your pick? Yeah, I've got Oklahoma in this one too, Charlie. Um, You know, they seem to have righted the ship you know, since the uh, sort of the dismal start that they had early in the year, but they've, you know, certainly worked their way back into the, uh, to the big 10 championship game. Um, you know, last week, West Virginia really took a pounding from Iowa state and um, I know Oklahoma, they struggled a little bit against Baylor offensively, but I think they're going to want to keep the momentum going um, and, and really, you know, try to get, uh, get things cooking again on offense. I do have Oklahoma. Give me Boomer Sumer. I'll take them. I think they're going to cover with a 14. All right, Tyler. Yeah, man, West Virginia really let me down last week. I went out on a limb, took it for an upset special. They let me down, but I was a week early on them. That's what I'm going to say. Um, this, I'm not going to pick them to win this game, although I think they could. Uh, but th- I think this is the week they cover against one of the top teams in the Big 12. I, and, I, and I do. I think they have a, a legit shot to win this game outright. I would not discount them. I'm not going to pick it because I went on a, out on the limb last week. I'm trying to catch back up to Charlie in the straight-up pick, so I'm not going to go crazy with the upset special this week. But I think they have a shot to win. I mean, it, it's the same thing I told you guys last week. West Virginia is a good team. They did not show it last week. They got murdered last week. It was bad. I mean, after I watched that game, I was like, oh, man, like this, this is not going to go well for me. But they were plus 1,100 yards in an all-conference schedule coming into last week. Now, yeah, last week against Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State's playing lights out right now. I mean, I, they might, they're probably going to win the Big 12. They're playing lights out. But they, they were outgained by about 200 yards by Iowa State last week. And uh, they gave up about 150 more yards in that game to Iowa State than they'd given up in any other game. That, so, but that's still the anomaly. Now, that's the most recent sample size we have, but that's the anomaly if you look at them game in, game out throughout this season in the Big 12. Um, and the Oklahoma offense, guys, yeah, they're good. They're getting better. But this Oklahoma offense is not the OU offense of years past. They only had 269 yards against Baylor. If Baylor had anything on offense, they could have, they would have won that game. And they they really held the OU offense in check. I haven't really seen. Um, Oklahoma has only been held under 300 total yards of offense twice in 51 games since Lincoln Riley took over. That's crazy. They've actually gone over 500 yards of offense in 31 of the 42 games um, that are in 31 of. 50 of the last of 51, right? Which is a crazy number, right? They've gone over 500 yards only four times this season. Okay. They're still good. I mean, going over 500 yards is good, but they're not doing it as often as they normally do. And, look, and here's the yards per play. So going back to 2017, they led the country, each of the past three seasons, they've led the country in yards per play offensively 8.8 in 2007, 8.7 in 2018, 8. Eight yards flat last year. This year down to 6.7 yards per play, which is still good. That's still top 15 nationally, but it's not Oklahoma level good. And the West Virginia defense is still the best defense in the in the Big 12. And this game's at West Virginia. Pandemic or not, there are going to be fans in the stands in West Virginia. That's just going to be a reality. This is kind of like their Super Bowl, right? While Oklahoma, they've already clinched the Big 12. They got bigger fish to fry. I, and I, I think that West Virginia is going to come to play in this game. And Oklahoma, the reason they've taken a step back on offense, yeah, Spencer Rattler's young. He's going to be good. But he's, he's, he's kind of a cross of the, guy, the last three guys they've had. But he's not 
as good as any of them yet. And they don't have the playmakers at wide receiver that they've had in years past. Their defense is much better, but their offense just isn't as dynamic, and they're going against the best defense in the Big 12. I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma to win, but I think West, West Virginia can push them. I think they can at home, so give me the Mountaineers to cover. All right. The Tar Heels get to travel down south to Miami, and the Canes are favored by three. Miami is currently ranked third in the ACC with an 8-1 and one record, only losing to Clemson, while UNC is ranked fifth in the ACC with a 5-3 and three record. I still can't believe UNC lost to FSU. Oh my god! I, I, just, oh my god! They they cost me some money. I had a, I had a yeah. big parlay there. The last one that parlay and they cost. Me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, don't even bring that one up. That was well, a big it's time. been an insane season, and I think Miami will come out hot. But Sam Howell will be able to move the ball down the field and lead the Tar Heels to a victory. So UNC to win and cover. Doug, what's your pick? Yeah, so uh, Charlie, I'm I'm with you on this pick. I mean, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, you know, it's like. You know, it's like you guys have been talking about all year long and what we've been talking about as fans all year long. I mean, the quarterback position is so crucial to the success of a team. And I think Miami's seen that with, um, you know, with bringing in transfer Derek King. Um, but I really like what uh, this, you know, this Sam Howell kid brings to the table. Um, I think he's going to be a major draft pick in a, in a few years. And, and, and North Carolina, I mean, they've got some, they've got some dudes on offense um, scoring over 40 points a game. Um, I still question a little bit where they're, where North Carolina is defensively. Um, I'm not quite sure they're going to be able to slow Miami down. This could be a shootout. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, that, uh, that North Carolina is going to win it. I think they're going to, you know, sneak out a win and uh, they'll walk out of Hard Rock Stadium with the uh, W. All right, Tyler. Yeah, this is a game where I thought maybe I could gain a game on Charlie. So I was going to go with Miami. I was all set to go with Miami. Actually, I typed that in the spreadsheet that we keep for our picks but I've changed my mind about halfway through the day today. He's like, I kept looking at this game. I'm like, you know what, man, it's going to be a tight game. I actually, I think this is going to be the best game of the day. It's a game I'm most excited to watch outside of our game. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, and if you look at these two teams, it's, it's, it's interesting. The UNC offense is significantly better than Miami's offense, but the Miami defense is significantly better than the North Carolina defense. As you mentioned, like, like North Carolina, they're 1500 yards better than Miami on offense right now. My, the Miami defense is about 700 yards better than the, in, than the North Carolina defense. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting matchup here. It's two really good quarterbacks and quarterback play is cr- so critical. You're right, Doug, but there's two good quarterbacks in this game. It's like, I don't think one has like an overwhelming advantage, but I, what I, I like Sam Howell and I like the weapons around him more. I mean, he's got two dynamic wide receivers, two of the best running backs in the country that no one really, still no one really talks about them. Uh, Williams and Carter, those guys are, those guys are lights out. Uh, the one big concern I have for, for North Carolina in this game is they can't protect somehow. We saw that against Notre Dame. They could have beaten Notre Dame. They could protect somehow. They just they can't protect them against good defenses. And Miami, like they're only ninth in the ACC in, in, in uh, sacks, but they still have two really good pass rushers in Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Those guys can get after the quarterback, and they're coming on of late. So that that's a concern for North Carolina. I mean, they're 12th in the ACC in sacks allowed. This game's a big game for both these teams. It's probably for an Orange Bowl berth because it looks like likely, right? I mean, if, if Clemson can beat Notre Dame, I think both those teams from the ACC, still weird to say Notre Dame's in the ACC, but both those teams get in the cultural playoffs. And then it's the next highest rated ACC team that will get the Orange Bowl berth for the ACC. And it's going to be either North Carolina or Miami. I think, so I think whoever wins this game is going to the Orange Bowl. It's a big game for them, especially for North Carolina. It doesn't really get in those kind of games ever. I, I don't think that they, never, they were never in a BCS game or, or a New Year's Six game. So it's big for their program. I think they're going to come out ready to play 
And uh, I think the Tar Heels are going to win this game. Their offense is just a little – it's a little too much for Miami right now. Miami's pretty good on offense, but they're not UNC level. And uh, North Carolina has had issues defensively, but they're closer to Miami on defense than Miami is to North Carolina on offense. So I'm going to go with the Tar Heels here, more playmakers on offense. The game's all about offense these days. So give me the Tar Heels to win and uh, also cover the three. Okay. Tennessee will travel west to Nashville to play Vanderbilt if Vanderbilt has enough players on their roster. Jeremy Pruitt is playing to keep his job, and luckily they are favored by 15 on the road. Do you think he'll lose his job? Pruitt? Yeah. If he loses to Vanderbilt, yes. If not, it it depends. If they they want Hugh Freeze and Hugh Freeze is ready to leave and doesn't want to wait for maybe a bigger job next year, then, yeah, it depends on what they're – yeah, I don't know. It depends on Hugh Freeze. If they're – because you can get him right now. I think you could. So I think you go ahead and fire Jeremy Pruitt, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm going to choose the volunteers to win and cover because this Vandy team is just having so much trouble trying to put pieces together between having an interim coach after Derek Mason was fired and then the COVID outbreak and then weren't players opting out last week too? It was a mess. Yeah, opting out two, two games left. Yeah. I don't understand it. If you listen to the podcast from yesterday, you've already heard that yeah. discussion. Yes. But anyways, Tennessee to win and cover. Doug, what's your pick? Yeah, this is uh, boy, this is the uh, dumpster fire bowl, right? I mean, you got two programs that have really just had some, you know, just miserable seasons. You know, I, you know, I, I really bought into the hype of, you know, with Tennessee at the beginning of the season. I, I thought they were really going to make a step forward, but it just doesn't seem to have happened. I mean, they had a nice end to last year. Started off two and zero this year. But um, ever since that second half in, in Athens, I mean, this is this has been a team that's been on a downward spiral. I mean, it looks like maybe the, the three-year Jarrett Gorantano experiment, you know, might finally be over. I mean, I really think that Tennessee is making the right decisions to put some of these younger quarterbacks in, like Harrison Bailey and J.T. Strout. Um, you know, I know that you guys talked about, you know, the fact that there may not be a thing, you know, we may not have spring practice in, in 2021. Well, I think that's you know, where Tennessee is, I think this is their spring practice. And, um, you know, Bandy, what can you say? I mean, it, I hardly have the words. I mean, like like you said, Charlie, the COVID's really, you know, dealt this team a, a significant blow. Coach has been fired. They've had guys opt out. They're on a winless season. I mean, the only real, real bright spot has been, you know, the Sarah Fuller story. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues, um, you know, this week. But I think, um, you know, I'm going to go with the, uh, the little orange here. I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take them to cover the 15. Uh, but before I turn it back over to you, Tyler, I got a question for you. So I'm going to sneak in one of the uh, mailbag questions and you know, give us some thoughts on what do you think about uh, maybe Kirby trying to bring in Derek Mason if there's an opening on staff. Man, Derek Mason, I, him and Kirby are tight. They become closer over the years. So I know that's something. Yeah. Like, I know they get along well. I just don't know like where he would fit. If Dan Lanning moved on. Yes. Uh, if he took a job somewhere and he got pretty close to take the Memphis job from my, my understanding last year, if something like that happened. Mm-hmm. Then I think he, I think Derek Mason would be a, a big time contender. There's no doubt there. Maybe he comes on as a, as a quality control guy. I, I don't know. I think, but he'll see, I don't, I don't know if we could get him as a quality control because I think he's going to have DC offer somewhere, maybe in the SEC. So I would love to, and I think Kirby would strongly entertain that. It just depends if we have that opening. And, and right now I would lean towards saying we're probably not going to have an opening at defensive coordinator. But crazy things happen. You never know. The co- the coaching carousel is always a it's a mystery to me. We just – it happened. It's then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be – I would have no issues having Derek Mason on defensive coordinator. I, I really like Derek Mason a lot. 
it's a tough job at Vanderbilt, there's no doubt. Yeah. All right. Tyler? All right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, whew. all right. So let me say this. A couple of weeks ago, before Derek Mason got fired and he had this Sarah Fuller stuff, that for, it caused some issues inside the locker room there. I was strongly considering taking Vandy. I was like, man, I'm going I'm to take Vandy beat Tennessee. Wait, Tennessee was playing. Vanderbilt was playing better by their standards. But Vandy has given up now. They're, I, they don't want to play. Come on. Like, they, actually, they're, it would not shock me at all sometime tomorrow to pull up my phone, open up Twitter, and say, oh, yeah, Vanderbilt's not playing Tennessee. They, they've got COVID issues. That would not shock me at all. I'd be like, Vanderbilt season's over. But I will say, like, other than the fact they've kind of given up, Kenny Seals is pretty good at quarterback for them. I, I've been watching a ton of Vanderbilt. What I've watched, though, I, I was impressed with Kenny Seals as a freshman. I think he's the best quarterback in this game, and I don't really think there's a question of that, honestly. He's, he's a good quarterback. They just don't have a ton around him. They're so beat up right now. I, there's a lot of positions where they're, like, they're, they have offensive linemen that are having to convert to the defensive line. I mean, they're just – they have issues right now. Tennessee's not playing well – but they're better than Vanderbilt. I mean, Tennessee's not really functional, but they're functioning better than Vanderbilt because, I mean, it's Vandy. So I, I'm going to take Tennessee to win. I That extra point, 15 gives me a little bit of pause. 14, I would take it with no questions asked. But I'm I'm going to take the Vols to cover as well. I just I think Vandy's given up at this point. I agree. I, agree. I, it's, I just can't in good conscience pick yeah. them. All right. Well, another program that's not doing so well, LSU. So, LSU will be traveling to Florida, and I think that last weekend, LSU. Oh, God. Not good. So, I think Florida will definitely (laughs) win. LSU also announced yesterday that they're imposing a self-sanctioned bowl ban for this year in order to avoid a penalty from the NCAA. How noble of them. Yeah. So noble. I think that they should be, like, penalized even more. Oh, my God, dude. Like. Like, if NCAA actually takes that into consideration, like, shame on them. Yeah. That's absurd. I agree. But they probably will. Oh, I mean, they're, they're toothless. So, what? yeah, I'm sure. Also, players from LSU have opted out. And Florida needs to run the score up as much as possible to make a case to be in the playoffs. I hate to say it, but I'm going with Florida to win and cover this one. Doug? Yeah. So, I mean, when was the last time Florida was a 23-point favorite over LSU? That doesn't even seem – you know, plausible, but uh, yeah, LSU's just had a lot of a lot of problems. Um, you know, Charlie, you had mentioned that you know they've had guys opt out. I thought the word was quit. Um, I thought that's what we talked about yesterday, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, you're right. Uh, it is. Yeah, Charlie, that's your guy on Charlie. That was my rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, listen, uh, whether he, you know, whether he quits or not, if if Eric Gilbert ends up, if he, uh, if that if that young man ends up in the uh, in the transfer portal, I, I think Kirby's got to give him a call. But um, anyway, uh, you know, Florida, I wish this was a team that we had, um, you know, caught maybe being a little healthier, obviously, and we had our quarterback situation figured out. But, I mean, the Gators, uh, props to them. They've handled their business for most of the year. Um, you know, they're really playing for an opportunity to play in the uh, college football playoff. I don't think there's any chance they drop this one, as, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, give me the Gators, but I'm just begging LSU to keep it close. I'll take the Bayou Bengals to cover it. All right, Tyler. Yeah, man. Okay, so there, guys. There's turmoil down in the Bayou. We talked about that a little bit last week, or on the last episode, not last week, on the last episode. It, it's not pretty for them right now. They got some stuff going on behind the scenes, and it, it, it's tough down there in the Bayou. And Florida, like I, God, I hate, I hate giving them any credit. I really do, guys. But I got to be objective here. 
their offense is good. Okay. It's really good. In fact, they're first in the league in, in passing offense. Um, so it's, it's first in the league in passing offense versus last in the league in passing defense. This is a, this like, football is a game of matchup guys. And that is a, I mean, that's about as big of a mismatch as you can get like literally. So it's tough. I mean, LSU is not going to win this football game. I mean, once Terrence Marshall opted out and Miles Brennan's out for the year with an ab injury, TJ Finley's not ready. I don't know why Max Johnson doesn't play more in the first half. Every time he comes in, I know it's late in games and it's garbage time, but the guy makes a lot more plays than TJ Finley does. It's strange how he doesn't get more of a look there. But they're they're just a shell of themselves, and there's a lot of issues going on there. So I'm going Florida to win definitely. Florida's not good on defense. And I, I early, a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, LSU can like at least score some points. As far as defense is not good. But LSU has become a disaster on offense through opt-outs, injuries, the whole nine yards. So I'm going Florida to win. I don't want them to cover. I don't want them to win. But they're going to win. And you know what? I think they're going to cover too. Because they're in the situation now that they've got, they've got to try to impress the voters as much as possible. And um, I think they will do that. <laughs> At least attempt to, right? Try to, yeah. All right. Auburn had a chance last weekend to beat Texas A&M, and in typical Auburn fashion, they blew it. Gus Malzahn and the Tigers will travel to Starkville this weekend to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, who are favored by six and a half. I think Auburn is feeling pretty defeated, and we all know Bo Nix doesn't play so well on the road. Uh, Mississippi State's been playing better. So I'm going to go with the SEC West Bulldogs to win this one with Auburn covering. Doug? Well, um, yeah, I just don't know which Mississippi State team you're going to get, you know. I mean, you know, I thought they looked good on the road against both LSU and and, and, and us. I mean, I thought they, they, they played well. Um, you know, Will Rogers, he seems to be playing pretty well for a freshman since uh, taking over the reins from K.J. Costello. But um, – you know, and, and I think that if they can if they can slow Auburn down from a rushing standpoint like they, they did with us, then maybe they can hang in there. But I, honestly, I just think Auburn's just a better football team all the way around. I mean, Bo Nix, he's been okay. I mean, I still think he throws a lot of picks. Um, Tank, Tank's been great for him. Um, I mean, that's another recruiting battle that I, that I wish we had, uh, you know, won and, you know, pushed a little harder to, to get him. But I'm going to go with Auburn. I think they're going to. I think they'll cover it too. All right, Tyler. Yeah, this is an interesting game for me. I'm actually, I mean, I don't know if excited to watch this or yeah, I am excited. It's SEC football. Who knows how much more we'll get to get of this. So I'm excited to watch it. These are two teams. I think when they were fully healthy, they are closer than people would think based on their records. So you look at Auburn. Yeah, they have a better record. Mississippi State's got what two wins on the year, but they're a different team now. We saw that a couple of weeks ago with Will Rogers, a quarterback, kind of getting more comfortable in the offense and getting more reps with the ones they're much better than they were, you know, two months ago. And this one's tough for me because I think if Tank Bigsby is healthy, Auburn's going to win this football game, but he has, he's had the hip injury. He hasn't been hundred percent healthy in a couple of weeks now. And if Auburn can't run the football, this game could get really scary for the Auburn faithful. I mean, early in the year when Tank wasn't getting the lion's share of the carries, they were really struggling on offense because they could not run the football. We saw that in week two. When they, when they couldn't run the football on us, we were able to completely stifle their offenses. Bo Nix can't put a team on his back and go win a football game, not without the run game. You can't do it. But once they started tanking the starting lineup, things started to change for this offense a little bit. But now he's dinged up, and I just I, – I, if he's not 100% healthy, and I, don't, I can't count him to be 100% healthy right now. He, he played last week. He played fine. 
I think he'll play this week. He'll be closer to healthy. I just don't know what his health is going to be. So that gives me some pause here. But I, this is tough, man. Like injuries for Mississippi State, the injuries and opt outs are catching up with them on defense. They've got some good players on defense, but at this point, it's catching up with them. The lack of depth there. They give up at least 400 yards the last four games on defense, and they were not doing that earlier in the year. They were keeping their, that, that team in games. With Auburn, I have some questions. I have concerns about taking Bixby's health, but they're further along offensively right now. I think they have more playmakers that are healthy on that offense. I think it would be a good game. I think it would be a close game. But I'm going to take Auburn to win this game. And you know what? I'm going to take Auburn to cover, too. I think they win this game by a touchdown. I think they cover this one by the skin of their teeth. All right. For this next one, I have not watched any of the We're USC. going off the radar in this one. Yeah, I haven't watched <laughs> yeah. any USC or UCLA games, but due to COVID, we will be picking USC at UCLA. USC is favored by two and a half, and USC is also undefeated. They're trying to clinch a berth in the Pac-12 title game, but I'm going to go with UCLA to win and cover this one. Doug? Yeah, I mean, a big game out there on the left coast. I mean, I, I really haven't kept up a whole lot with the Pac-12. I mean, since they had the late start, and it's just it's just been really, I think, difficult to kind of get into uh, Pac-12 football this year. But, um, you know, I do think that, you know, the fact that USC is, is, is playing for the uh, the chance to get into the Pac-12 championship game. I mean, I think that they've got a little bit more to play for. I mean, it's a little bit of a rivalry game out there. Um, you know, UCLA seems to be playing a little better under Chip Kelly in, in year three, but I think I'm going to have to go with um, SC. Like I said, I think they've got more to play for. I'm going to take them, and I think that they'll uh, they'll cover. All right. Tyler? Yeah, guys, like I apologize this game being on here because I know <laughs> nobody in the SEC really cares about the Pac-12 that much. I do because I like college football, but I get most of our listeners don't. But we had to replace the A&M Ole Miss game, which I was very upset that game got canceled. I was excited about that one. thought that was going to be a lot of fun. But it's not to be because COVID sucks. So we had to replace it with something, and really the only other game with a ranked team was USC at UCLA. It's a rivalry game, so that's why this game's on here. If you're wondering, um, but actually, you know, I watch a lot of college football. I've actually watched um, both these teams multiple times this year, and I think they're both actually pretty good—not elite, but pretty good. UCLA people, I mean, they feel like they've lost two games and they're two and two. But when you watch them play, like they're they're pretty good. Dorian Thompson Robinson, their quarterback, was hurt for a couple games, but DCR is good. He's a good player. He's really grown up in that offense. And if you look at the numbers, this this matchup is really evenly matched. Southern Cal in the year is plus 275 yards in total yards differential. UCLA is plus 290. Very, very close. Two good quarterbacks. Different quarterbacks, but good quarterbacks. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, more of a mobile dual threat type guy. Keaton Slovis at USC is, is a dynamic uh, passer in, in, at USC. And I think that USC has more playmakers through the air. They're number one in, in the uh, Pac-12 in passing offense. While on the other hand, UCLA is much more dynamic on the ground. They're number two in the Pac-12 in rushing offense. So two different styles of offense, but two effective offenses. I think this game is going to come down to matchups when it's this evenly matched. And I think USC with the number one passing offense in the Pac-12 versus the UCLA defense, that's number eight in passing defense. I think that's a matchup that favors USC in this game. It's going to be a tight one. Games like this usually come down to turnovers and big plays. I think a turnover here or there can swing it. I think USC has more players, enough guys that can make just a – one or two more big plays in this game to pull it out, I guess, technically on the road, even though it's not really on the road. Um, so give me USC to win. And uh, since the spread's so tight here, let's say USC to cover as well. All right. Our last game is the Dogs playing in Missouri. 
They're traveling to the second best college town in the SEC. Columbia, my favorite, Missouri. My favorite, favorite road trip. My favorite Are you going? <laughs> no, my wife has no. destroyed my life. Oh. She's ripped my soul. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's taken my soul from me. Well, we'll just keep going. With the game against Vandy canceled last week, the dogs are going to be ready to play. And I wouldn't be surprised if they come out a little sloppy in the first quarter, just being excited that they finally get to play a game. Um, but I think we'll come home with the win, and I think they'll cover this one too. Doug? Yeah, so this should be a, a very well-rested Georgia team that, that walks into uh, Columbia on Saturday. I mean, I, 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 you know, I really like our chances on this one. I mean, Missouri, I mean, they've, they've really – gotten it going offensively. I mean, Tyler, I think you made some very good points um, in your preview show yesterday. Um, one of the things that I really like is I do like our depth. Um, I think that's something that you touched on in the preview. And really, you know, right now with Missouri's maybe lack of depth with them, you know, dealing with the, uh, you know, pandemic situation. And then two, I think, you know, um, you know, hopefully we'll be ready to go defensively. Um, I'm understanding that maybe Jordan Davis might have an opportunity to play, which um, seems to be that he makes such a, a big difference when, uh, you know, when he's in the game. Um, I had my eight-year-old daughter help me out with this pick. She says the dog's on top, and she says that they're going to cover this one. Your daughter is a fine American. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Yes, I love it. I love it. Dogs on top. There's no better words than that. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love it there. Look, I, I said it on the on the preview episode, so I don't. I hate repeating myself, but I'll say it again because I think it bears mentioning. I do strongly believe that this Missouri team, the way they're playing right now, is the best team that we have played, not named Alabama or Florida. I do believe that they've won five of six since Connor Bazelet took over at quarterback for averaging over six hundred yards a game the last two games. Bazelet, a quarterback, is growing up. He's playing at a high level, about three hundred fifty yards passing on average over the last two weeks. They are not the same team they were the first few weeks. Once they made that quarterback change, they've improved each and every week. But saying that, you know who else isn't the same team, Charlie? The Georgia Bulldogs. We're not the same team we were a month ago. We absolutely are not. With JT Daniels at quarterback, we've got George Pickens back, healthy at wide receiver. Jermaine Burton continues to grow up. Kyrus Jackson's been doing what Kyrus Jackson's been doing all year. Kenny McIntosh is back healthy. Against, like you mentioned, Doug, hopefully Jordan Davis back, right? So we're healthier than we have been. We're much better at quarterback, much better on offense, more dynamic on offense than we have been at really any point this year. I think we're playing our best football on offense right now. Defensively, we haven't been as dominant as I think we should have. Some of that was injuries, and then you just play two elite offenses, and that's tough. That's tough. And Missouri is – they're good on offense. But like I said they're on the preview episode – they're not Bama-level good on offense. They're not Florida-level good on offense. And if you look on paper, it's interesting. Like, on paper, it's a very evenly matched game. If you look at total yards differential, we're plus 470 yards on the year. Missouri's plus 460. We've both played both Alabama and Florida. On paper, it's a pretty evenly matched game. But I think it's more about who these teams are right now. Yeah, we're only plus 470 on the year. We also had a former walk-on, Seth Bennett, God bless his soul. We had him starting for the majority of the year. Our offense was – George Pickens missed multiple games. I don't think that's representative of who we are right now. I think it's much more representative of of who Missouri is right now. So it looks evenly matched, but I do think we have the better team. Look, we clearly have the better roster, and now I think we're better at quarterback. I think our offense is rolling right now. Uh, Daniels, as I mentioned, really changed his offense. We're going to need to make Missouri one-dimensional. That was my key to the game that I mentioned on the preview episode. 
which you can still check out if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. I'll give you more information, more details on this game. But we didn't. We do need to make them one-dimensional. And I go back to what you said, Doug. You're exactly right, man. It's a great call. It's sounding like Jordan Davis has a really good shot to play as we get close to this yeah. game. Getting him back would be huge in this game in shutting down that run game. Because Larry Roundtree is a good running back, guys. He's been around for a long time. They rely on being balanced offensively. That's If you go back and look at Eli Drinkwitz's history as an offensive play caller, he relies on being balanced. And I think with Davis back, even without him, we've still done a good job of stopping the run. I mean, we, we held South Carolina in check last week. And Kevin Harris is one of the best backs in the league, man. He's gone for over 200 a couple different times this year. But with Jordan Davis back, we take that up even another level. So I think this game might be tighter than we want it to be in the first half. But, and Doug mentioned it again, I'll go back to what I said in the preview episode. I think in the second half, our depth wins out. Missouri, I I don't know where the numbers are right now. I know as of Tuesday, one of their beat writers, they were at 59 players. I don't imagine they're going to be getting many more players back. I mean, they're going to be losing players. Um, Even if it sticks at 59, we're from everything I hear, like we haven't really had knock on wood COVID issues. So I think we're, we're healthier. We have a, a, an overall more talented roster. We have a deeper roster in this game. And I think we can throw the football on this defense. It, it's teams with pulses with, with decent passing offenses. They've had trouble stopping that. They shut down teams. that can't throw the ball, but I think with, with JT and the receiving core back healthy, grown up, I think we can throw the football. I think we went out in the second half with, with our depth. So I think the dogs to win covering, I've been all over the map on the dogs covering this year. Like I can't get it right. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. So I'm going to, I'm going to hedge my bets here, say Georgia to win, but I do think Missouri is good. And I think they're going to give us a run for our money, especially in the first half. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Missouri to cover uh, maybe with a late backdoor cover. Kind of did a couple years ago uh, in Columbia. So I'm going to take the dogs to win and Missouri to cover the 13. All right. That's all it. right. That's it. Well, Doug, great job, man. We really appreciate you joining us, but it was a lot of fun. Hey, it was a blast. I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, our pleasure, man. And tell your daughter, go dogs. Yeah, we'll do. Merry Christmas to you guys and go dogs. Absolutely. Happy holidays. All right, guys. That does it for us today here on the Glory UJ podcast. A lot of fun. We love doing this. Love interacting with our listeners. I hope you guys enjoyed the show as well. We'll be back later. Oh, I guess next, not later this week. Next week with a full recap, hopefully recapping a Georgia win. Thanks for listening, guys. We love each and every one of you. Uh, For Charlie, for Doug, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.